What's up, everybody? Adrian here, back with another episode. See, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Anyway, thanks. If you're listening to this, thank you. If not, tell your friends about it. I'm a nice guy. I want to be friends with everybody. Anyway, guys, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and then Twitter. It's I want to say official. Hold on, I'll tell you right now because I can never remember that one. So my Twitter one is at official underscore P-I-T-M. Again, at official underscore P-I-T-M. Okay, guys, enjoy the show. Remember, this weekend's UFC is going to be in the afternoon to line up with England time zone because this card was originally supposed to be in England, but due to COVID, they're having it in Vegas. But to hook up the England fans, they're doing it in the afternoon. All right, deuces, guys. Peace. Have a good weekend. What up, everybody? Here we are back again. Thank you for tuning in again. Episode 29. 29. I think that's what it is. If it's not, I do apologize. This might be 30. I don't know. I think it's 29, though. Crazy weekend of fights. The one time I did not want to. First of all, I'm 5 and 0 for this weekend's fights. 5 and 0 including the Jake Paul fight. I told you guys. The only way Tyrone Willie loses that fight is if he froze. And for the first 3 rounds, that's what happened. And for those saying including Tyrone, Tyrone, I love you, but bro, you lost that fight fair and square. You lost the fight. I gave him rounds four and seven. I have to go back and look at round five because all the judges gave that to Tyrone. But I gave Tyrone Willie rounds four and eight, not seven, eight. Because round four is where he blasted Paul and sent him through the ropes. Many people argue that if he, they weren't that close to the ropes, he, that would have been a knockdown. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because it it wasn't considered a knockdown. So they keep fighting. Kudos to Jake Paul for keeping his composure and doing enough to win the rounds. I guess Jake won, but 
like the rounds were close, but I honestly believe per the rules, Jake Paul won that fight. But we'll get into that in a little more detail later. Let's talk about the PFL results. So the finals are Ray Cooper the third is fighting Magomed Kirimanov. Radishabal fights Manafio for the lightweight belt in PFL. This all takes place October twenty-seventh. Kayla Harrison is gonna fight Gardado. Capiloza will fight Dilsha. Wade will fight Ka- Kahembu Ilayev. This is a good fight. Cara de Zapato will fight Hamlet. And then in the showcase, Clarissa Shield fights Montez. Okay. This Hamlet fight, his he, semifinal fight. Was nuts, right? Because the guy throws like a body kick and then he falls because he pulled a hamstring. Chris Camozzi said, "This is he's talking about Hamlet's opponent. He said, the guy took a dive because I saw him at the weigh-ins the day before and his legs looked all purple and blue. I don't know how the PFL cleared him to fight. I don't know about all of that. I can't confirm or deny that. I haven't spoken to anybody about those fights. But so Hamlet moves on to the finals after a pulled hamstring and alleged dive. And alleged, allegedly. I'm not saying it happened, but that's what people are saying. That's what they're saying. So we'll see what happens. And then Carlos Jr., Emiliano Sordi. That was a crazy fight. Although I do want to say. The one judge that gave Carlos Jr. A 30-27. You are out of your mind. I want to know how you, you gave him the first round. Where Emiliano Sordi was clearly dominating that round. Tell me. How do you give Carlos Jr. That round. Because I don't. I gave. You. I honestly saw that fight as a split decision. Because you could honestly say that. Round two was the toss up. So round one. I clearly gave it to Sordi. Round two was a toss up. They both did enough. And then round three I gave it to Carlos Jr. I honestly believe the only reason Carlos Jr. won the second round. Was because he took him down and landed ground and pound in the last 30 seconds. Honestly. Then Chris Wade took out Bubba Jenkins. He outworked him. And then Kai Builaev. A prospect of Khabib Nurmagomedov. Just dang. So, so I'm, I'm going to give my predictions on each title fight right now. I believe Roger Bob will, will be Manafio and he'll be the new lightweight champ. I believe Kayla Harrison is going to run it again and be the, I guess, defender belt. She is already the PFL champion. She just made it back to the finals. I think Capilosa will beat 
Dilijah, even though that's Mirko Krokov again, I like Mirko a lot. I believe Kebui Laev will defeat Wade. And then I believe Carlos Jr. wins the belt. And then Clarissa Shields versus Montes. I'll go with Clarissa Shields. Let's talk about the UFC on Saturday. Bro, what a card. What a card. In the main event, you got Giga Chikatsin versus Edson Barboza. That fight was madness. Madness. I mean, Giga Chikatsin, along with Marab Dizbashashvili, those Georgian guys, they're no joke. And Kutislave is another one. With Patty the Batty being in the lightweight division, who we're going to get to later. That might be a fight that will happen eventually. But dude, let's talk about Gerald Mershart versus Mohamed Maradab. So Gerald Mershart at the beginning of the fight, you could clearly see he is getting outworked on the feet, but he's still in there, so they go to the second round. He somehow gets it to the ground and chokes the dude out. I know he got his training partner, Anthony Pettis, a bunch of money, so that's cool. Um, before I move on from the main card, Abdul Hazak Hassan. Beat Alessio Del Chirico by head kick, bro. And now, if you don't remember Alessio Del Chirico, he's the one that beat um, the guy that did that crazy spin kick KO of the year last year. What was his name? I forgot that guy's name. Well, he beat that guy, and then he acted all weird about it, that he didn't want to talk to the media. Well, that guy got kicked in the face by Al Hassan. And he won within 17 seconds of the first round. Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. There, I got it right. I feel good about myself now. Andre Petrovsky versus Michael Gilmore. Andre was the number one pick of Team Ortega. Honestly, I feel like they put this fight on there because they're like, we need Ortega's guys. Like, two Ortega guys to fight. So they picked these two guys. It was a good fight. Andre ended up winning by TKO, ground and pound. Now, let's get into the meats and potatoes of this whole card. Danny Rodriguez versus Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee was originally supposed to fight Sean Brady. Sean Brady got hurt. Danny Rodriguez was like, I'm ready. So he stepped in. Again, bro, I'm going to say this. We have to start putting respect on D-Rod's name because I just saw the rankings today. He's in the top 15. This guy needs to get more media opportunities because he's a good fighter. He's not that young. He's already 34, so I don't know how much longer he's going to be doing this. But this guy is a good fighter, and people need to start paying attention. 
Like, it's not that big of an upset that he beat Kevin Lee. Like the broadcaster said, if you're in the know, you know that D-Rod is the real deal. If there's any criticism, I would just say work a little bit more on the wrestling. Like, even when you're on the bottom. Again, I'm not a fighter. I'm just going off of what I saw. He did really well in getting up. He rocked Kevin Lee at some point. So, it'll be exciting to see what's next for Danny. I know he's in the top 15. Going off the top of my head, I would like to see him fight. Try to get him to fight Sean Brady. Or you know what would be another good fight? Him versus Hamzat. Because Hamzat's gonna fight J. Lee Zhang. Hamzat's unranked right now, but that's only because he hasn't fought within over a year. Well, that's not true. Because he last fought in September, so. But it's about to be a year. By the time he fights, it'll be a year, so. That's why he's unranked. So, have him, if he beats Lee Ji Lang, either have Danny. There's three fights you could give Danny right now. You could give him Santiago Pontenivio, Sean Brady, or Hamza Chimaev. I believe Danny should be higher than number 15, though. The only reason he's only number 15 is because he finally beat somebody with the name. But he should have been ranked a long time ago, in my opinion. In my opinion, right? Like Ricky Tarisio beats Brady Highstan. This Ricky guy is going to be something special in the UFC if he keeps fighting the way he fights. That guy is the man, bro. He's the man. Like, he's going to be something special. People are already calling for him to fight Sean O'Malley. I don't think he's there yet. Maybe two, three good wins, and then we could talk about it. But keep an eye on this Ricky Tarisios, guys. Guy, he's really good. Brian Battle beats Gilbert Urbina. That was a crazy fight because Gilbert rocked him at the beginning of the fight. And keep in mind, Gilbert was a short notice replacement for Treshawn Gore. And again, I apologize. I kept calling him Treshawn Gordon last week. It's Treshawn Gore. So Gilbert Urbina came in guns blazing, rocked Brian Battles. He was able to weather the storm and Brian Battles ended up choking him out. And it's crazy, man, because he's the second guy to be picked last, and he won the whole thing like Kevin Gastelum did. Calvin Gastelum. Um, Luke Kumo from Season 2 of The Ultimate Fighter was also picked last, and he was a finalist against Joe Stevenson. He ultimately ended up losing, but just because you're picked last doesn't mean... You ain't good, bro, and can't take out the number one guy because the number one guy didn't even make it who was Andre Petrovsky. I think, oh yeah, Brian Battles beat him. And then the main event, Giga Chikatsian versus Edson Barboza. Bro, this fight was everything I thought it was. I knew they weren't going to go the full five. That, I'm like, 
If there's something I can say for sure, I'm pretty sure this fight is not going to go the full five rounds. Hats off to Edson. He took the giga kick like three times. Every time I heard that kick land, I cringe like if I took it. Oh my god. Giga Chikachin kicks hard. He kicks super hard. What's next for Giga Chikatsin? Let's find out. So Giga's number eight. He says he wants to fight Brian or T I mean not Brian, Max Holloway. Because since he's been in the UFC, Yair Rodriguez hasn't fought and he's still at number three. Makes no sense. He hasn't fought since October 2018. 2018? No, 2019. Sorry. Uh, Chad Sung Young just took out Danny Ye. That'd be a good fight, right? Giga Chikatsian versus Chan Sung Young. But there's too much of a gap because before that, there's Josh Emmett, Arnold Allen, and Kelvin Cater. That'd be another good fight. Giga Chikatsian versus Calvin Cater. But we'll see, man. Whereas in, I would want to see him fight Josh Emmett. That's a good fight right there. Let's move on to Till versus Brunson. So, remember how I kept saying, I think this one's going to be in the afternoon. It turns out I was right. It is going to be in the afternoon. So I think it's going to start around 11 a.m. And bro, opening up the card is Patty the Batty Pimlet versus Luigi Redamani. Modestas Bacayustas will fight Khalil Roundtree. Alex Morno fights David Zawada. Alex Perez fights Matt Chanel. In the Coleman event, you got Tom Aspinall versus Sergey Spivak. And Derek Brunson versus Darren Till in the main event. Okay. I'm going to give you my picks. Ready? Going Darren Till. Tom Aspinall. I'm going to go Matt Chanel. And Patty the Batty. Oh, and Khalil Roundtree. Bro, this Patty the Batty guy's got Conor McGregor vibes all over him. All over him, he's got him. Although he's not from Ireland, he's from England. He's still got Conor McGregor vibes all over him. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I cannot wait for this fight. Um, Tom Aspinall. Up and coming heavyweight, that dude is good. So we'll see what happens there. Darren Till versus Derek Brunson. Darren Till, to win this fight, in my opinion, all he needs to do is stop the takedown. The reason I say that is because when Darren Till fought Kevin Holland, if you notice, every time Kevin Holland would land on him, Derek Brunson didn't like it. Even in the later rounds. So if Derek can stop the takedown. Or even if he gets taken down. But could just get up. 
he might win this fight. He's 80% going to win this fight. For Derek, he has to be able to take Till down and control him. Because I believe Till's technique and power will be too much in the stand-up game. So, we'll see what happens. Because, again, like the middleweights right now are buying for the number one contendership because... One, it's Robert Whittaker's right now, but they still have no idea. They're saying it might not happen until next year. That they... Whittaker and Adesanya fight. So, Till, he might end up fighting the winner of Vittori and Costa. If... Let me see. Till. Till is number seven. Brunson is number five. Ortel could probably fight. I wouldn't be surprised if the winner of this fight is Jared Cannonier. For the simple fact that Paulo Costa is fighting Marvin Vittori. I mean, yeah, like right now the middleweights are kind of played out when it comes to the top five. Because if Darren Till wins, I don't know what's going on with Jack Hermanson, but if Darren Till wins, if Darren Till wins, he'll probably fight Jared Cannonier. If Derek Brunson wins, he'll he'll too will fight Jared Cannonier. Cause so I don't know what's going on with Jack Hermans. Cause Darren Till will probably leapfrog Jack Jack Hermanson with the win. So we'll see what happens. We're gonna talk about the Jake Paul, Tyrone Woodley results right now. Even though I already kind of talked about it, we'll talk about it a little bit more right now. First of all, the fan fights in that building. Oh, I think I have this right here. The fan fights in that building were probably better than the fights, the fight itself. Not all the fights there. Amanda Serrano, she's the real deal, man. Let's keep an eye on her. She's the real deal. So Jake Paul beats Tyrone Woodley, split decision. Amanda Serrano beats Yamide Marcano. Daniel Dubois beats Joe Consumano. Montana Love beats Ivan Bragukes. And Tommy Fever beats Anthony Taylor. That Anthony Taylor guy is hilarious. I love that guy. I know... That guy is hilarious. He trains with AJ McKee and Antonio McKee. I know he was part of Jake Paul's camp, but that guy's awesome. But okay, the only other fight besides the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley fight I want to talk about is Amanda Serrano versus Yamides Mercado. First of all, uh, Amanda Serrano, she's the real deal, man. She she's, has, I believe she's 2 0 and 1 in MMA. Because she couldn't get any boxing fights. But boxing is her real calling. So I would like to see what she does next. And then Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. Like I said before. People saying that Tyron won this fight. I believe they just can't admit that Jake Paul was the clear winner. Because when I saw... So, 
Remember when I said last week the only way I see Tyron Woodley losing this fight is if one, he freezes, two, he does some shady stuff. I don't believe he did two, but he sure as heck did one. He did one. He froze. Rounds one through three were all Paul. Think about this is an A-round fight. Rounds one through three, you didn't do jack. He only needs to win one more. You could beat him for three rounds. He only needed to win one more. He got blasted in the fourth. 10-9 for Woodley right there. I don't remember the fifth too well, but I remember watching it thinking Paul won. But the judges... These were the official scorecards. One judge, okay. Two judges gave Paul rounds one through three. One judge gave the round three to Tyron. I don't know how. And then two judges gave... Tyron the fifth round. One judge gave Tyron's rounds four through eight. I don't understand how. They were all over the place. Because look, one judge gives Paul the first three. He gave Tyron the fourth. He gave Tyron the fifth. I really have to go watch and back and watch the fifth round. Because I did give Tyron the fourth. But I know for a fact that I gave Paul the sixth and the seventh. And I gave Tyron the eighth. And when I say I gave Paul the sixth and the seventh, if Tyron would have just like been a little bit more busier, he would have won this fight. But for me, Jake Paul was the rightful winner. And then he offered, after that, to all the fighters, he gave a million of his own. He donated a million dollars to each fighter and gave him. Like, Amanda Serrano got 500000 I believe. Tyron really got 250000 He didn't give any to Tommy Fury, though. And as a ripple effect, Dubois didn't accept any either because he, he's good friends with Tommy Fury. And then a lot of people are hating on Jake Paul because he's like, oh, well, he got promoter's money, so it doesn't really matter. He made that up in promoter's money. I'm like, so? He still did it. Like, we should give him props for that. He didn't have to. when he If he didn't really want to, he didn't have to. So he would have had even more money. So why can't we give him props just because he acts the way he acts? You can't give him props when you should be giving him props. Like, don't come at me with that, bro. That's garbage. UFC 268 has officially been announced for Madison Square Garden November 6th. Along with that, the official fight card has been announced. Are you guys ready for this, bro? Opening up the card will be Ally Quinta versus Bobby Green. Woo! 
And then the Bantamweight fight between Frankie Edgar and Marlon Vero. And then Jermaine Durandme versus Irene Aldana. And then Luke Rockhold versus Sean Strickland. And then Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Yes. People are going to start calling me Ric Flair. Ric Flair want to be after after doing that so many times. And then a little bit of breaking news on the broadcast. The co-main event is going to be the rematch between Thug Rose Nama Yunus versus Wei Li Zhang for the women's strawweight belt. Woo! And then the main event, we all knew it was coming, but now it's official. It's going to be Kamar Usman versus Colby Chaos Covington. Woo! Bro. The interesting thing is, this is in New York. Remember, I kept saying I don't think it's going to be in New York because of the mandate. So now I'm wondering, are these fighters going to be subjected to getting the vaccine? Because Michael Chandler straight out said, he's like, dude, I ain't getting it yet. He said that, like, I don't know how you would go check, but he said it on one of his Instagram lives. I was there in the room when he said it. So it's going to be an interesting Interesting card. Interesting card. And Edmund Shabazian is going to make his return versus Nasoruddin Imamnov. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait, because the day before I'm going to not fest too. I'm kind of sad about that, because I honestly think Bring Me The Horizon isn't going to make it to not fest because they live in Europe, and COVID's really bad over there, and I don't know if they're going to be able to make it into the country. God damn it. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I digress. I digress. I digress. Francis Ngannou. Okay. I thought about something last week. So, hear me out, guys, before you start yelling at me. We know about this champ clause, right? Where you you fight your last fight on your contract, but you win the title, so the promotion extends it for three fights. Or a year, whichever comes first. Let's say this champ clause is retroactive. Francis Ngannou's last fight was March. I want to say 27th. I'm not sure on the exact date, but I know it was March 20 something. Let me let me look it up because I don't want to give you guys misinformation. But anyway. Francis' last fight was in March. We're coming up on the end of the year. Like the only pay-per-view fight that has not been announced and they're starting to announce fights for that is the December 11th card which they just announced that Amanda Nunes is going to fight Juliana Pena. They can still... Add Cyril Gunn versus Francis Ngannou.
to that card if they really wanted to. But hold on, hear me out guys, hear me out. Let's say they don't do that. Let's say they go with Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira. Again, I have no inside information on this. I'm just saying, let's say they do that. So let's say they go Oliveira versus Poirier for December. Francis' last fight was March 27, 2021. Let's say he's in this champion's rule. He only has to wait three months for his contract to be over. Now, you may ask yourself, well, Adrian, what's more enticing for a fighter than to be in the UFC at the pinnacle of the heavyweight division? My answer is being at the pinnacle at the heavy of the heavyweight division in boxing. Think about it. October 9th, Tyson Fury fights Deontay Wilder, right? What if Tyson Fury win? You get and Anthony Joshua beat Alexander Yusef, you get Deontay Wilder without an opponent, and you have this new guy that puts the fear of God in people with his punching power. You don't think? You don't think they're gonna have a major pay per view in 2022? April? Tyson Fury. Versus Anthony Joshua for the UFC undisputed world heavyweight title. The co-main event, Deontay Wilder versus the debuting Francis Ngannou in a heavyweight attraction, 10 rounds. Who is the bigger puncher? You can't write that, bro. You can't write it. You don't think Francis doesn't know these things? You don't think Marquel Martin doesn't know these things? I've been trying to reach out to him. I think I'm 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 on to something because nobody's talking to me. Or I probably just annoyed them, one of the two. But you that makes sense, right? <laughs> People say about fighters paying all this stuff. Well, there's France's solution. I won the world title. What's left for me to do? Rematch Stipe? Fight Seattle? Fight John Jones? Or should I go fight this other guy that's equally as dangerous as me? With his hands. And I'll get paid twice as much. But it only works if all of this stuff I said is true. Again, what I don't know is if the Champions Clause is retroactive. I would believe it is, but I don't know. And then the other thing is Tyson Fury has to beat Deontay Wilder. That's not a given. 
But October 9th ain't far away. We will see. We will see. You guys, the world's your oyster, Francis. The world is your oyster, my friend. Can you guys imagine that happened? I said it here. 4.10 p.m. August 31st. So if that fight happens, please refer back to this podcast. Because I can't believe that I, I would I was right. Could you? Because I can't. Let's get into some current events. Tyrone Willie's message to Jake Paul is a simple one. We had a deal. Less than 24 hours after the conclusion of Willie's blockbuster debut against Paul, which he lost via split decision, the former welterweight champion appeared on the MMA Hour and called on Paul to honor his end of the new bargain the two fighters agreed to in the ring Sunday night in Cleveland following the pay-per-view bout. A deal that ensured he would get his his chance at an immediate rematch against Paul as long as he followed through on getting I Love Jake Paul tattooed inked somewhere on his body. He's trying to back out of it, Woodley told Ariel Hawani. He's trying he's being a coward. I'm calling you out. You're being a coward. Ooh. Dang T Wood. Like honestly though, I get what Tyron is saying. He feels he won, but like how do you sell that fight? This first fight wasn't like it was a good fight for who they are, but like do I wanna watch it again? Not really. Not if he's gonna freeze up. Like if he could promise me he won't freeze up, well then maybe I might watch it again, but he can't ensure me that that's gonna happen, right? It goes on to say, I'm willing to be a man and honor my end of the deal. He made a new deal since he's the one that makes the bet. Now the bet blew up in his face. Let's do it. I'm willing and I will. If I've got to get my own tattoo artist, I think I'm sliding to LA. Let's get it cracking, but I need some paperwork. Because him and his manager starting to act real shady. He told me in there, Tyron, I give you my word. This is what Paul's manager Nakisa told me. Nakisa is actually his name, not Nakisa, Nakisa. I give you my word, and he's been solid. He's never told me one thing and not been solid about it. I got a lot of love for Nakisa. Nakisa, sorry, I did it again. He said, if you get the tattoo tonight, we'll give you the rematch. And I said, bet, let's run it. The tattoo bet, of course, is nothing new. Woodley and Paul originally agreed on in July that the loser of the of their bout would get a tribute to the other man tattooed on their body. Paul even flew out renowned tattoo artist Tattoo Baby to do the deed, but the losers in the losers' locker room immediately following the fight on Sunday night. However, it didn't end up happening. Once a new version of the deal was proposed, amid the post-fight chaos in the ring. But Willie made it clear Monday that he's still game to get it inked as long as Paul stays true to his word and isn't worried about the critics in the MMA community and people like Daniel Cormier who are calling him to re-end the deal. Renege, renege, renege the deal. Man, all these MMA people are trying to tell me what to do, Willie said. 
Where the F were these MMA people when they were booing me? When they didn't give me the respect or give me the props. But everybody wants to tell me what to do and how to do it. They all want to follow me now. Now everybody's in the boxing gym effing shadow boxing and wanting to get fights. First of all, that's not true. If you really want to copy somebody, you know who was the first one saying that? Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz was the first one saying, he's like, bro, I might go do boxing. He's been saying that since he was in Strike Force. So, stop it. I appreciate the support and love, but think about it. None of these people were on my side. Now I'm supposed to effing care about what they say. Nah, I love DC, but shit, when it comes down to it, we're, take, we're talking about a rematch. This makes more sense for me to get a little effing tattoo, and I have a story behind it. I effing got robbed by the judges. I effing knocked this kid through the ropes. They said I lost. I got this tattoo and went and starched his ass. This is all part of a story, Willie added, because when I whoop his ass, I'm going to look at that tattoo and I'm going to laugh. It's probably going to be a trilogy because he's going to want to try to get revenge back. We'll have a whole effing Rocky thing. Woodley fared better than his previous, than Paul's previous three opponents. All whom got knocked out within the first two rounds, including Willie's teammate Ben Askren. And then it goes on to say, I don't know how, how the rules go and I'm not going to be petty enough to go and protest it or contest it or whatever the F you say, Woodley said. But when I hit him, according to my understanding of the rules, if the ropes are helping you up, it should be a standing eight count. I don't know if you've seen the video and the meme, but he was underneath the top rope, the Stefan Struve rope. He was leaning on rope number two and his wrist was on rope number three. I think if those ropes aren't there, he's on his back. Maybe his head bounces off the canvas. Maybe when he stands up, the referee's in his face and he starts giving him a count. It freaks him out. Maybe I take a deep breath. I can see my prey a little bit better and I can get him out of there. We don't know because we didn't get to see that. So I feel whoever said I only won two rounds, I'll beat your ass. That's me, Tyrone. I think you only won two rounds too because clearly that's effing a joke, okay? And I feel even though they didn't deem it a knockdown, I still feel like that round was 10-8. I'm talking about round four. He was getting hit with every power shot possible, and he was running. He was wobbling. Nonetheless, Willie acknowledged that there are adjustments he should have made in his approach. Most of all, he agreed with the critics that he should have been the busier fighter and thrown more punches. His average was a little more than six punches landed per round and spent a long stretch of the fights with the weapons firmly in his holster. Okay, I'm glad that he feels that he's right. Okay, I should have been a little more active. But this is a recurring thing. Like, even when he was beating people, it was a recurring thing then. Like, he's very cerebral, but in MMA, I'm like, okay, I get it because he doesn't want to put himself in danger to be taken down or he's probably looking to grapple with this guy 
But still, man, like in boxing, like you were frozen. Like, what are you doing? How do you expect to win by just walking forward? Like, you clearly have not seen Floyd fight if that's how you expected to win. And it goes on to say, Paul is still undecided on his next move. He told reporters Sunday night at the post fight press conference that he isn't sure if he'll fight again in 2021 or who he will fight against. Tommy Fury, the half-brother of the boxing champion Tyson Fury, who defeated Paul's sparring partner Anthony Taylor on Sunday night, is one of the names that has been thrown around. But there's no doubt in Willie's mind that he and Jake Paul still have unfinished business. Jake, don't be a bitch, dog, Willie said. Just finish the movie like it's supposed to be. This is a big scene in the movie. We're halfway through the movie. Finish it the right way. Don't go and fight no Fury. Nobody wants to see that fight. I kind of want to see it. I want to see Darren Till fight Jake Paul more. If, if you really want to send somebody that's going to finish all of this, it would be Darren Till. I guarantee it. Guarantee it would be Darren Till. Giga Chikatin isn't settling for anything less than the best or blessed. Phew. Could deny that Chikatsian has put himself in a position to call his shots after an impressive third run TKO of veteran Edson Barboza in the featherweight main event of UFC Vegas 35 on Saturday. It was the ninth straight win for Chikatsian and he improved to a perfect 7-0 record in the octagon. Chikatsian called for a fight with Max Holloway after his victory and elaborated on the call-out at the evening's post-fight press conference. According to Chikatian, a decorated kickboxer, he leapfrogs Holloway for the title of the best striker in the UFC after defeating Barboza. I'm supposed to fight a top five guy, and this would bridge me to a title, Chikatian said. Nobody agreed to fight me from the top five at the moment, so I fought Edson. Who is the biggest name? Who is one of the biggest names? Now I believe I deserve a title shot. Max was a case where he was calling himself the best boxer. They were calling Edson the best striker, so I already passed his test. Now I'm holding the best striker title in the sport. Boxing is part of striking, so I feel like the best boxer is under the best striker. What can I say? Chikatian also volunteered to serve as a potential replacement fighter. For the upcoming UFC 266 featherweight title fight on September 25th, should Alexander Volkanovsky and Brian or Brian Ortega be unable to compete? Currently training at Kings MMA in Huntington Beach, California, the Georgian native wants matchmakers to know that he can stay ready should he be needed on short notice. All my fights were like one week, two week notice before Chikatina. This is the first fight. With Cub, I also had a little bit of time. And this fight, I had to prepare the rest of my fights. My fifth was like very short notice, two weeks notice, all of them. So when they call me for a title, I'll be right there. If somebody say this word now and confirms at least 1%, I'm going to stay in Vegas and keep training here. I'll go to Huntington. I'll prepare at Kings again where I train where my place is 
and drive three and a half hours up here, fly, whatever. A title is different for me. I can fight anytime when title comes. Honestly, I'm calling Max. I was calling Max out before and that's something I wanted before. Now it's my time, Giga's time. Conor Era is done. Khabib retired. George St. Pierre is retired. Now it's Giga's time. It's different. So guys, make sure you put yourself on the Giga train and ride with me. Should he not be considered a replacement for UFC 266? The only other option that Chikatsian is interested in is Holloway. Chikatsian entered Saturday's fight as the number 10 ranked UFC featherweight. And he doesn't understand why he wasn't already ranked higher. He aimed his sights specifically at Yair Rodriguez, currently number 3 in the UFC's featherweight rankings. His beef stems from the fact that Rodriguez has fought just once since Chikatsian joined the UFC in September 2019. I'm not interested in anything besides the title or Holloway, Chikatsian said. Why everybody say no before to me? I've been told, now you're going to fight a top 5 guy and then you'll, you'll fight for the title. The top 5 guy didn't agree, nobody agreed. And that's why I fought Edson who's a bigger name than top 5. I want to see myself in the top 5 next week. Top 3 actually, I want to be in the top 3 because there's a guy who since I got in the UFC hasn't fought. I'm not even here two years and I fought seven times. This guy did not even fight. Well, why he, why he deserve a title shot next? There's no other word. Like, prove me wrong, guys. If I say something that doesn't make sense, but this is what I believe in all my heart. Because when I see his, the resume, what I've done, yeah. So... What he's technically saying is, which I have to agree with, why is Yair even in the ranking still if he hasn't fought since October of 2019? People are going to tell me, well, he had this thing with USADA. That's his fault. That's his fault. Like, if you're injured, okay, but you had this thing with USADA? Whose fault is that? It's not Giga Chikatsian's fault. It's not Dana White's fault. That's one. UFC veteran Kevin Lee has released a statement after his loss to Daniel Rodriguez at UFC Vegas 35 and he is adamant he hasn't reached the end of his road. Lee was unanimously outpointed two rounds to one by Rodriguez this past it says Sunday, but I think they meant to put Saturday night in Las Vegas at the time. At times, the one-time UFC interim title challenger for the lightweight title looked listless and out of step, but he vowed to press forward and keep fighting. Didn't have a good performance this last time out, but honestly, after 500 days away and multiple surgeries, I'm proud of what I was able to do. Lee wrote on Instagram. I tried climbing a very tall mountain and this was just another speed bump on the way. My best performances are ahead of me and I know that. I don't care if I have bumps on my head to get to get there. 
I won't stop until I figure this shit out. I'm still competing with the best in the world, and I won't hang my head. Just yet, if you have something negative to say, F you from the bottom of my heart. F all the hate. And thank you to everyone who has reached out with love. I'm not done yet. Not at all. And Lee Setback is his fourth of his previous five outings following a year plus layoffs courtesy of serious knee injuries that require surgery. Also marked the second try at the welterweight division after his second miss on the scale in the UFC. Lee has repeatedly called for the promotion to implement a 165 division that would better suit his frame. Where is it, bro? Like, that that should be. He's right. Even though... I understand Dana's hesitancy towards doing 165. But, dude, I'm telling you, it'll be better for the fighters. They'll put on better performances. I mean, the first D-Rod fight I ever saw, Danny Rodriguez, fight, he fought at 165. So we'll see, man. That that division should be implemented in the. It does exist, for those wondering. It just doesn't exist in the UFC. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Watch the fights again. My picks are. Let me see here. I'll tell you. Let me see you one more time. My picks for this weekend are. Darren Till, Tom Aspinall. I'm going to go Matt Chanel, Alex Morneau, and Patty Pimlet. Again, so Patty Pimlet, Alex Morneau, Matt Chanel, Tom Aspinall, and Darren Till. Those are my five picks. DraftKings, my bookie, hit me up. I was 7-0. All my fights from last weekend include, look, so... I picked D-Rod to win, I picked Ricky to win, I picked Brian Battles to win, and I picked Giga Chikatsin to win, and then I picked Jake Paul to win. So I'm 5-0 right now. Let's see if I can keep this magic going and become 10-0. Well, I'm out of here, guys. Have a good weekend. Deuces.